Hey, I've got a question for you today. Have you ever been to a conference, came back from that conference all excited, but you didn't know what to do next? You suffered from information overload and you got stuck. Hey, I'm Alan and I'm here with Trent, the Enduring Churches podcast, and we're glad to have you with us today. So Trent, I've teased it. So why don't you tell everyone what we're going to be talking about today? (laughs) You're such a tease, Alan. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, so I've been in that boat that Alan mentioned, you know, and we we're just talking before we uh, started recording today that, uh, you know, we've been to a lot of conferences and, and I think, you know, every once in a while you need to go to a conference just to get refreshed. And for me, when I was leading a local church, I would take my staff to conferences and it was a wonderful time for us to just kind of, you know, you drive into a conference or whatever and we got to visit uninterrupted for uh, quite a bit but uh, so I, I would encourage you to to go find some conferences you know maybe one a year and and just uh, budget some money to do that um, Alan and I were talking about some different ones that are out there um, so Alan what what were some of them that you thought of well you know i, I- I was going to just bring in the fact too. You can do some virtual conferences, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. You don't always have to travel, or if money or time is an issue, then go ahead and look at some virtual conferences. And many of them now have two options: a virtual option or an in-person option. Right. You know, so um, the small church uh, conference um, goes on every year. That that could be a good one. Um, you know, we mentioned leadership summit um, mm-hmm. that had arisen out of Willow Creek, but has kind of taken on a life of its own and, and continues mm-hmm. to this day. That's a that's a really popular um, discussion, really not just for, for church leaders, but of all leaders. Um, I've been to several John Maxwell conferences in my life. I, I've certainly in, enjoyed those, and he continues to crank out a, a pretty good conference. Uh, there's certainly no shortage of conferences. What about you? Yeah, well, you know, I thought about that I, I've taken my staff over the years a couple of times to the Gateway Conference, uh, which is held in North Dallas, and I enjoyed that a lot. Um, good stuff. There's the Catalyst um, Conference. C3 um, is, is a real, their focus is on creativity. Um, and so there's, I wouldn't go to the C3 one probably, I, and I honestly don't know if they still do it, but they do. I would, that I wouldn't go to it more than once every five years or so. Um, but, you know, like the Catalyst Conference, and you mix in all these that Alan mentioned and I've talked about, it gives you kind of a rounded view of different things. And I've done some mission conferences too. That's a different type of conference, a different animal. But um, right. if your church, if you feel like you need some a boost in missions, I'd encourage you to go to a strong uh, missions conference. Johnson Ferry Baptist Church um, in the Atlanta, greater Atlanta area has a great one. Um, every year, I believe they call it the Move Conference, and um, I, I've mm-hmm. attended that one, and it led to some life-changing moments in my life. Um, having gone to that conference, and so, yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, neat conferences out there. Um, you just really have to kind of look for them and uh, see if they offer the things where you feel mm-hmm. like you're deficient, and and, and go for it. But yeah. we're here we're here today to talk to you. You know, we want to see you endure in ministry and. Th- Really learning and continuing to be a learner and learning from people who've been doing it's important. That's why conferences are, are are so cool to go to. But 
it can be hard at times to go to a conference and, and come back. And so, Trent, you were reading something last week, and it kind of stirred your mind. Tell us, tell us, kind of what led to this conversation today. All right. Well, you, Alan, and I, we both read or follow some of Kerry Newhoff's um, podcast or what he sends out by email, and he had sent one out um, that was four types of thinking that can sabotage your leadership. And so I was reading through his email and had some really good stuff. And, and so, um, but his, his first um, list, his first type of thinking was undigested thinking. And so I was reading through that and, you know, talking about going to a conference or listening to a podcast or whatever, and you come up with good ideas and then you immediately try to put them all in your church setting or implement them all. And sometimes that doesn't work out because you haven't thought through how that's all going to work out. So that's what kind of got us stirred up and thinking about this, Alan. Yeah, and I think it's a great it's a great discussion. So in, in his conversation, Trent, he was kind of going with this idea that you just try to implement um, everything. Have you ever tried to go back from a conference and, and tried to overdo it? Oh, yeah. I mean, you just, you, you're excited, you know, because you've learned some new things, met some new people, and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Uh, but then you get back and, and life kind of takes over and, and you don't think through it and, and give it enough time. So you just kind of cram it in there, you know, and then your church is looking at you like, what are you doing? Where is this coming from? You know, and, and they have no setup, no planning, no no, no time to ask their opinions either or get their buy-in i think that's one of the <laughs> one of the big issues too is you know <laughs> they didn't attend the conference so, right. so they don't have the buy-in it, it, it it's a lot like this Trent. when you go to a conference and you come back if your spouse did not go with you and you're trying to share with them all the enthusiasm you get and they look at you and go oh that's awesome that well, i'm glad you got to do that but they don't share the same enthusiasm <laughs> Exactly. Your your church is even further removed from that enthusiasm. <laughs> you know, so so you have to remember you have to remember that idea that that you cannot take everything you get at a conference and take that back and implement it. And secondly, you have to take the time to process all the information you've gotten anyway to figure out what is wise. Uh, to mm -hmm. implement, you know, the biggest, the, one of the biggest hindrances to ministry is copying. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. copying other people. And that, that really is just a huge hindrance um, in, in your ministry. And you don't want to, you don't want to do that. You shouldn't be preaching other people's sermons, uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, springboard off of them, get their help, get their blessing even, but do your own work. And the same right. is true in, in your programming. Do do your work, do your due diligence, and find the right things for your setting. Well, as you said, you know, you're like you're talking to your wife about going on a trip or going to a conference. I, I had that experience going on mission trips. It seemed like for a long time, Dana was going to Europe and those places on mission trips, and I was going to South America or India, and we were just not in the same places. And so we'd come back and we'd try to share that with each other. And we kind of look at each other like, yay, that's great. But And so we missed out on teaching about what we experienced. And I think we do that in our church. We forget the teaching part of, it, of the implementation. 
of why. You, you've got to teach the why before you can do the how and the what. Uh, and so I think that's really a big part of this. You know, it, and if it may be that some of the things you get in a conference don't fit your church. And so what Alan was saying about the wisdom of thinking through this is this, is this us? Or it, and I, am I just copying because there was a big name speaker on the podium or am I, is this something that God is really leading me to? Yeah, I think that's a, and that's a bigger deal than I think we sometimes make it out to be that mm -hmm. you really do need to take time to contextualize when we're doing putting a sermon together we'll you know context is everything you need to know the context of the passage you're talking about but when you're wanting to implement a program design context is everything you know so if, yeah. it, if it if it doesn't make sense in your context it doesn't make sense and a lot of what you get at conferences is done um, for urban or suburban settings mm -hmm. and may or may not fit you know, a rural setting. And you have to think through your setting to make sure that it works. So if you know, if you go to a, a conference that's in a, it's in a rural area, we had one yesterday. Um, and one of our rural churches had, had a conference, but it has a different feel and a different vibe than you would have in a city somewhere. So things have to fit um, where where they go and and things that will work in a, in a church is just super traditional you know and if it's if it breaks tradition too much you're gonna have a harder sell it's just just mm -hmm. the reality of it right well and i think you know as you come back from a conference that's why well i always had the really good experience of like i said taking staff on a conference and then we would have that travel back and just discussing what we learned and and being able to bounce those ideas off of someone else even if it's after you get back and you have some some people you trust taking the time to to um, bounce those ideas off of them getting their input getting their wisdom so uh, i think that's really valuable yeah i agree that is a being able to, to take someone with you, you know, you mentioned a C3 conference. I've been to that twice. The first time I went alone, the second time I took my associate with me. It was a whole lot easier to figure out what, what was beneficial and what wasn't beneficial when I had someone to, to talk to and help process um, the week with. And, and that's just a, a truth that is better. If you can go with someone, you're going to have a whole lot easier time unpacking that than if you go along but i know that sometimes you you just don't have that luxury or that ability you you have to go on your own if you're going to go at all so i'd rather go alone than not go at all so yeah i agree well and so let's i wanted to flip-flop this you know i was reading this article from carrie newhoff and his his whole point was that sometimes people try to implement stuff without thinking through it which is absolutely true you know and that's what we we're just kind of talking through but the other side of that is that i've been to so many conferences and i've got tons of notes and notebooks and everything and then i, I come home i'm kind of overwhelmed because i've been drinking from the fire hose for like two or three days right and then i i forget what i've learned what you know what major lesson that i or idea that i was supposed to catch 
and I pile the notebooks on the bookshelf and that's as far as it goes. So, you know, what do we do with that on that side? Yeah, that's a, that's a different question. I love, I love how you're thinking through that because that might be more of us than, um, than Kerry Newhoff even thought about when he was putting his article together. The idea that you could get so much information and you can have so much swimming around up there um, that you don't know what to do, especially today, because again, 25 years ago, you know, you and I both being Southern Baptists, if we walked into a Southern Baptist church, we knew what Sunday school literature they were using. We knew what music they were. We, you know, you, you knew because of who they were and that's not true anymore. There is so much more out there. You know, even if you get your material from the same place as every other church, they've got three or four, five, six, seven options. You, you have a, 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 a just a lot more options that are out there. And the same is true with conferences. You can go to so many conferences and get so much in your head that um, I heard the term years ago, the paralysis of analysis. And you can get so much in your head that it just paralyzes you and mm -hmm. you're and you're afraid to go. And that is just so true. Well, and as you're saying that, I think I'm thinking that really kind of depends on your personality type, right? I mean, some people are going to be that guy who goes to a conference and he's going to be like, okay, I'm going to come back and I'm going to implement every single thing that I heard. Another person with a different personality type is going to be like, I don't know. I don't want to make the wrong decision. And so they, they're like, oh, it was good. And I learned some things, but I don't know what to do with it. And so it's a struggle on both sides. Uh, and so how do we decide what is the, you know, what we should do with the information that we've gotten at that conference? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that when we started talking about this conversation. You know, what is the first thing to do? And I don't know where I got it. Uh, I know I heard it somewhere in the past, but get one thing, take one thing. And I, I think that's probably maybe the best piece of advice I've ever gotten going into a conference. Like I, I go in now with the idea of if I get one thing, this has been good. And mm -hmm. I, I really, if I get so as soon as I have one thing that I know is gold, I'm okay. I mean, yeah. it's like, okay, it's I, I don't have to write anything else down. I don't have to get anything else. I don't have to mm -hmm. do anything else and I can enjoy it more. And if there is something I can compare and contrast and say, Ooh, I like this one even better, mm -hmm. but it, it certainly does, it takes, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And you know, honestly, uh, about half of the value of a conference for me is the people that I get to network with and, and, just connect with and you know so sitting at dinner with somebody and visiting is just as valuable as the main speaker to me and so I, I you know it's kind of a half and half deal so as we think about this you know what's that one thing that you mentioned what one thing can I begin to think about and pray about to be a part of and then who's that one person that I made a, a you know that I got to connect with or network with and how can I continue that relationship by, you know, and learn from them? I think those two areas are really important. Yeah, I've reached out to some people after conferences and, 
you know, have formed some relationships and friendships uh, because of those conferences that that um, I've had an opportunity to go go to. And so the who the that one person too that can mm-hmm. maybe speak into your life that is certainly a valuable thing as well. I think one other thing that we can do when we when we get that is to put it in our context, like it, mm-hmm. make that mental picture of, of how that would work. So let me give an example. I went to a church conference and they wanted to show off their kids area. And, you know, their kids area is is like three of my churches. You know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's enormous, you know, and they've got, mm-hmm. they've got these, it looks like you're walking into the foyer of a children's museum almost because there's just so much stuff in there and all these, all these things, animatronics and you name it, it you know, it, it, it's got it. And, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, well, that's not working in my church. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that's our budget for 10 years just, just to, uh, create the outside appearance of what's going on. So what do we do with that? But I think one of the things when I, again, I started looking for what's one thing that I can take from this though, that is better. Mm -hmm. And that was to make the dedicated space more kid friendly. Mm -hmm. So do I have some dedicated kid friendly space um, that the kids know is their space? Mm-hmm. Now that's that's a takeaway that no matter what my church size was, I could take that and run with that. Whereas I couldn't do all that they did, I could still take that one thought and do something with it. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what we're talking about. My in my context, we were not doing a good job of having kid friendly enough areas. We needed to mm-hmm. do better. Right. Well, and going along with that, you know, thinking about a you know, at a conference, you see their kids area and I've been in those places, Alan, and you're like, holy cow, how do they have the money to do this? Um, but, and so the other side of that is, okay, I could say, yes, this is, I want to make it kid friendly, but maybe I also heard somebody talking about, you know, how to make the area kids safe, you know, and that's going to be big and important to those parents, you know, and so you start thinking about, okay, in my setting, in the size of kid ministry that we have, how can I help those parents to realize that their children are safe? And how can I, what things can I implement to make sure that those kids are safe? You know, you, so you have to think through those different steps of that process. Yeah, and that's that's context, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, you may have a context where you've already got the security side down. Or, and you need to work on on the appearances or or the resources. Mm-hmm. You may have all the resources, but you don't have security down. And, you know, so you you need to do that. You you may be failing in in um training your children's ministry leaders, and you take that away. Is look at the mm-hmm. training process. We need a better training process for for our kids. But what you don't need to do is go to a go to a church and says, "Here's the four. Here's the." the four-step program we have for every new member and you take their book and say, these are the exact four steps that we're going to do. And we're going to do it just like this Uh because that's what people did. That's what people did. You know, I think one of the problems that we created in our culture because of the 
accessibility of resources, for instance, is you take something like purpose-driven church and you take what Rick Warren did and you just duplicate it and mm -hmm. you didn't contextualize it. And I know right. if Rick Warren were on here with us today, I know he'd say, man, we, we didn't share it so you'd copy it. We shared it so you would understand we created a process. Make a process that works in your setting. Um, right. Because that's what he did. He learned his setting. And mm -hmm. you have to know your setting. So one of the things, if you've not been at your church very long, I would be even more hesitant about taking too many ideas back to my church. Uh, definitely only take one. Um, but the longer you've been in a church, you hopefully go to a conference with your setting in mind and you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're thinking critically through, through that as you go through. Yeah, I agree. And, and you're thinking about your setting. You're also thinking about your culture, I, not just your church culture, but your town, your community culture, because your culture is different than that mega church in the middle of the suburban area probably and so you've got to think about how does that affect you another thing alan that i learned and we've kind of hit on this a little bit is timing uh, timing is a big deal um, we get in such a hurry mostly because we're afraid we're going to forget right and we'll lose the excitement that we had um, but I, I went to a, a conference just recently and I heard one of the speakers mentioned one little thing and it was kind of an aside. It wasn't even their main point, but it gave me an idea and I believe the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, this is what you need to do. But I had to realize that it was going to take me a year to implement that. And I was going to have to be talking to some people. I was going to have to pray through, thinking about all the structure and and take time and be patient and implement it in a year you know if you ever go to a conference and they say yeah we just implemented this overnight no problems everything went then run away because yeah. it's not real um, any good idea takes takes leadership and implementation and so you know a church it, you go to that conference they didn't just start out that way they had to develop and train and fail fail at a couple of different things al along the way um, before they got it got what worked for them and the same is true for you so thinking through the that whole idea the idea of timing of what what are the steps in timing you know i think the first thing you have to do is you have to unpack you have to unpack that information um, and then you have to develop your 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 own way forward you have to communicate that and get buy-in from people. Mm -hmm. And all of those things take, that, that is not a matter of days. Those things are a matter of weeks, yeah. be long before you ever get to the idea of implementation. So, so yes, this is a, this is a process um, that you have to walk through just a little bit. Yeah, well, and I would, I would encourage you to think about that most of those places that you go to conferences, are church plant, new church plants. Um, they're, they're newer churches. You know, I have in my area, I've got churches that have been in, in existence since the 1850s, 1860s. And so you're not going to change something big. It's going to take you a lot longer in that timing to implement something than it does for somebody just starting a new church, a new church plant, because they can change anything. 
there's no expectation that it's going to be the way it was. We've always done it this way. And so you have to keep that in mind too. Yeah, I was in a church just a week ago that uh, I think is 160 years. Mm. You know, that yeah. is, uh, that's crazy, uh, crazy to think about. But, you know, if the walls could talk. And uh, yeah. it, it's exciting when you have a new idea. And our churches need new ideas. We need to be fresh. I think our God is a fresh God. He's doing new things all the time. And I want God doing new works. But I also mm -hmm. know that God works through humanity. He works through his people. And, you know, um, just like it takes time for a artist to, to paint a masterpiece, it takes time for God's ideas to be implemented among his people. And we have to take time to implement. And mm -hmm. that is an important, important part. And that gets skipped way too much in the enthusiasm in the, uh, that comes from, from seeing it work somewhere. Right. Well, and think about this too, um, that the person, you know, you come back, you have this great epiphany of, that's a, my $5 word for the day, um, you know, that you've learned and you want to come back and you share it and somebody pushes back. Please keep in mind that they are not the spawn of Satan because they pushed a little bit on your idea. Um, this, and especially if you're a younger pastor, you've got to hear that, hear us say that, that those people are not horrible because they pushed a little bit. Um, those if you listen to them, there's some wisdom that they can give to you. And it gives you also the opportunity to pray and say, okay, God, show me, is this really the thing? Is this really the direction? If it is, help me to teach it. Uh, if it's not, help me to learn. Yeah, patience is the most unfun part of ministry for me. <laughs> yeah. I, am not, I am not a patient person, and but it's, it is necessary. And I have learned at times to be more patient. You know, I've got much more patient in implementation and maybe sometimes to a fault. But I, I learned early on that, you know what, one of my one of my favorite things in a church business meeting was to move to table something until the next business meeting so we could discuss it more fully and have more information. And I found that that diffused a lot of arguments, gave us a chance to think through some things, but it also kept us from implementing bad things too soon. And yeah. I think that was a, a, a good thing that I learned. And so I got to, to the point where, where I, would, I was a little bit slower in implementing a lot of, of new directions um, in my ministry. Mm. Well, and I, I think it's, we need to realize that God's never in a hurry. Um, he's not surprised by anything. And so we need to be, as Alan said, be a little more patient, be a little slower, um, listen to people. Um, even if they're, you think that they're against you, they may have some good wisdom. Uh, so I, I think that's really important. So Trent, let's say you went to a conference and you have so many things. You've got four things in your head. You know, what would you say to someone? You say, well, I like all four of them. I don't know what to do. So mm -hmm. there, there's a good chance they're not going to do anything because they don't know which one to pick. I mean, what would you say to someone in, the, in that situation? Well, this may sound trite and churchy, but I would pray big time about all four of those and, and ask God, is this, 
are these things, these four things, are they something that will benefit my church and glorify you? Those two things. And then I would also pick out some people that I really respect in my church. And I would say, here, here are four things that I learned that I would am praying about implementing in our church. Will you also pray with me and give me your wisdom and insight? I think that's that would be what I would do first. Yeah, I think those are I think those are great. I think I would only add one thing to that, Trent, really. Go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It I cleans your head, doesn't it? I, I accomplish a lot of things on a walk. Um I might say go for a run, but my knees have been bothering me. But do something. <laughs> do something. Go for a hike, go for a drive, do something and just think. You know, I think one of the most under under vitalized, underutilized uh, tips that we have is thinking time. And um, mm -hmm. I, I would encourage everyone to just get get a, t a chance to think through things. So just take a piece mm -hmm. of paper, a, a notepad, and jot some ideas down. But take some thinking time to think through it. Right. Well, and I was just talking to a pastor yesterday about this, Alan. You're so good. It was talking about the need for you to take your days off and, and to turn off your phone so you can have some of that thinking time. You will be much more productive, much more sharp if you do take that time to think and get away. I get on the mower, you know, so I, <laughs> I do some mowing and that helps me to think, you know, and so, but I think those times are necessary, uh, just like you said. So, Alan, just to kind of recap, unless you have something else you want to add to this, but um, you know, we started off talking about going to conferences, and I know Alan and I both would encourage you, you know, find a conference you can go to or one you can watch online every year. Um, get some new ideas, do some thinking. It'll it'll make you evaluate your own ministry, and usually you'll gain at least one good thing. But then when you do gain some good ideas, don't just automatically implement them. Think through, is this going to be a benefit to my church? Is it going to glorify the name of Jesus? And then if it is, put some time and, and thought into that. And don't just leave it, your notebooks off to the side, but go back and read through those notes. Also connect with the people, reconnect with those people that you met at the conference too. Alan, anything else you would add to that? Nope, I think you've nailed our discussion today. And, you know, I, I love this top, topic and just talking about unpacking, basically. You know, mm -hmm. is it is it too much or are we not unpacking enough? But how do we really unpack when we get some new information? Good, good discussion stuff. Pastors, you can relate to this. You've been there. You, you know that. So help us help others by sharing this, if you would. It's always a benefit when you... We'll take our voice and share our voice. We don't have all the answers, so you might want to leave some comments on our social media. Um, you can always go to our Facebook page and do that. We'd love to interact with you um, regarding this one. But uh, it's been a fun conversation today, Trent. I am so grateful for you, grateful for the um, things that we've been able to do together. Um, and we've, enjoy we've enjoyed those. And I know we've, we've been richer people for the conferences we've attended. And we've learned a lot doing that. And we hope you've learned a lot on the Enduring Churches podcast today. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to catching you on our next episode.